This morning, God's Word comes to us from the book of Psalms, Psalm 128. Psalm 128, and we'll be reading the six verses of this chapter. Psalm 128, beginning at verse 1, what we hear now is God's Word. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, as I mentioned in the prayer, and as you are aware, uh, this morning is Sanctity of Life Sunday. And I was thinking about that this past week. Um, the blessing that children are in a home. The blessing of seeing those little ones born and grow up. And then thought a bit more broadly about that. Just the blessing of being in a family the blessing of our family relationships. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning, being reminded of what a Christian family is to look like. I think it's important for us to hear that reminder. Because if we simply looked at, at what we see about families in the world, we get a very different picture. What makes the news about families? A wife who kills her husband, parents who abuse their children. If, if this was the only thing we saw, we would say, well, who would want to be part of that at all? Who would want anything to do with a family? What is a Christian family to look like? I know that you parents teach these things to your children about husbands and wives and parents and children. It's, it's important to supplement that, to hear it from the pulpit as well. What does a Christian family look like and, and the blessings experienced when being part of that family? If you look in our text in these uh, six short verses, four times the psalmist uses the word bless or blessed. Verse 1, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. Verse 2, you shall be blessed and it shall go well with you. Verse 4, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. And verse 5, the Lord bless you from Zion. It's a psalm about the blessing of God. The blessings we can experience in our homes. And we see that that blessing begins by acknowledging God. Look at verse 1. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. Blessedness in the family 
begins by acknowledging God and by fearing the Lord. Now, kids, you know that when the Bible says fear the Lord, it doesn't mean be afraid of God. It means show reverence to God, honor God, be in awe of God's greatness, not to be afraid of Him, but to honor Him, to respect Him, to recognize that God is the God over every part of our lives, not just our life on Sunday. We just sang, fill thou my life, O Lord my God, in every part with praise. God is the God not only of what takes place on Sunday in church, God is the God of what takes place in our homes when we acknowledge His authority in the home. And this has to take priority. It is, it is in acknowledging the Lord, in acknowledging who He is, that we are on then the path to blessing. If you are here this morning and looking for, you know, uh, 10 easy ways to have a better family, but do not know the Lord, the better family is a secondary priority. Your first priority is becoming right with God. Your first priority is, is confessing your sinfulness, confessing your willfulness, and acknowledging that only Jesus Christ can forgive you for all of your sins. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. Our family relationships are important, but they are secondary to our relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. Walking in the ways of the Lord. God has revealed to us what a Christian home looks like. We're going to talk about that. But it's important for us to hear and then to apply that. To walk in the ways of the Lord. And so I hope this morning we can be very, very practical. That this not become a theological discussion on the essence of a Christian family. But what do we have to do to experience that blessing? What do we have to do as husbands, as wives, as parents, as children? It begins by fearing God. It begins by acknowledging Him as our Lord and continues to walking in His ways. For His ways are the path of blessing. The psalmist says that this blessing from God involves all parts of the family. Verse 2, speaking to the husband. You shall eat the fruit of your labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. When we think of uh, husbands eating the fruits of the labor of their hands, we often think about the fact that in many homes, the husbands are the ones who go out to work. They labor so that they can care for their wives. They can care for their children. That certainly is an application of this. But I would suggest in the context of Psalm 128, the context is all about what happens in the home. And so talking about the labor that a husband does 
It has to do with the labor of a husband in terms of caring for his home. Now, as, as, as husbands, we often like to uh, advance in our labors, advance in our work. Maybe we take certain classes, maybe we read certain books, maybe we go to certain seminars to advance in our jobs. Now let's apply that to our homes. What are you doing, men, to help you to be a better husband and father? What are you Reading? What seminars are you listening to? What conferences are you going to that will help you apply the Word of God to your role as husband and father? That you labor to care for your family. Men, you are called to be the spiritual heads of your homes. That, that, that doesn't necessarily come naturally to us. For many of us, we have to work at that. But that is a, a task we cannot delegate away. Men, there are many tasks uh, that you can delegate to others in the home. And if, if you're like me, many of those tasks fall to our wives. My wife, she does so much around the home, many, many things she does and takes care of. But there was a task I could not delegate to her. And that was to be the spiritual head of the home. Men, that lies squarely with you. And to do that task, it takes work. It takes prayer. It takes reliance on the Lord to labor to labor for that you might be a blessing in your home. But notice what the, what the text says. You shall eat the fruit of that labor. You'll be blessed, and it may go well with you. When we give ourselves to this task, to caring for the wives and the children God may give to us, they will be blessed, but we also will be blessed because we are doing what God has called us to do. We are ministering to the family He has given to us. Yes, we want to care for our wives. Yes, we want to care for our children for their benefit. But ultimately, ultimately we do that because God requires it of, of us. God's calling to husbands is to love their wives even as Christ loved the church and would give himself up for his bride. That's the picture of Scripture God gives to us. That's the labor, men, we are to be working for, giving up even ourselves for the sake of our families. This blessed home not only includes the husband, includes the wife as well. Verse 3, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. We think about a fruitful vine, we think about a life, we think about uh, wives bearing children. And what a wonderful blessing it is, as we were reminded again this morning, the blessing of children in the home. I don't want to over-exegete this text, but don't miss what it says. 
Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Now, I don't want to be misunderstood. I know that there are many opportunities for service outside of the home. I know that our wives are incredibly gifted and incredibly talented and can use their gifts in all kinds of ways. But don't don't discount the importance and the blessing of serving in the house. Serving at home. Serving her husband and family. Caring for the household. That's That's a blessed calling to be a wife and mother. And I think we have to hear that again, too. Because that is often a message you will not get from the world. Our daughters have to hear of the value of being a wife and mother. The world will tell our daughters, who are incredibly talented, who are very gifted, that you need to take these gifts and go out in the world and you can become whatever you want. That message has to be tempered with the truth that while our our daughters can go out and do anything they want, very often the world says, and if you can't do anything else, you can stay at home and be a wife and be a mother. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Our wives, our mothers, care for the next generation. They, They, in many ways, are responsible the heavy responsibility falls upon them of raising our children. And there is a blessedness. There is a blessedness in serving in that way. And they are just as talented and they are just as capable as any CEO out there. To be a CEO, you must have gifts of administration, good at scheduling, good at organizing, good at management. What mother does that not describe? They have all those gifts. And they don't get paid. And they don't get a day off. But it is the path of blessing. There is a great blessedness. She will be like a fruitful vine within your house. God himself calls this life blessed. Experiencing God's blessing in the home includes the husband, includes the wife, includes the children. Verse 3, once again, your children will be like olive shoots around the table. Olive shoots speaks of life. Again, we're talking about the importance of life. Life which begins at conception. Life which is there in the womb. Life which must be protected. Life which is there before our children are born and life which is there after our children are born. They are like olive shoots. Now, I had to do a little study on how olives uh, reproduce themselves. Olive shoots actually send out, olive trees send out shoots, and those shoots then can become new trees. The olive shoot 
looks like the tree. And very often, that's how it is in the family. Our kids will tend to look like us. Uh, They may look like us uh, physically. They may look like us in the way that we talk. Remember when we lived in in, uh, Iowa, there was a professor at Dork College that I knew fairly well. And uh, when my son Josh uh, got to the class that this professor taught, uh, the professor said to me, he is so much like you. He looks like you. He talks like you. He even thinks and reasons like you. Of course, my response was, poor kid, I'm sorry to hear that. But our kids tend to look like us. They tend to look like us physically, and they will tend to look like us spiritually. Our kids will tend to take on the devotional practices that we as their parents have. And I have to confess, that that truth makes me very uneasy. I ask myself the question, if my children were as devoted to the reading of God's Word as I am, would I be satisfied with that in their life? If my children were as committed to prayer as I am, would I be pleased? with that part of their devotional practice? Our kids will tend to look like us spiritually. They'll tend to look like us in the family. Sons learn about what being a Christian husband and father is by watching their fathers. They learn from us. Daughters learn about what being a Christian wife and mother is by watching their mothers. What are we modeling to them? What are we showing them about what a Christian marriage looks like? Your children should be like olive shoots around the table. And again, not wanting to over-exegete this passage, but there is something beautiful about that picture gathered as a family around the table, eating a meal together, having devotions together. That is something that is becoming a thing of the past, unfortunately. Our lives get so busy with so many other things, but it needs to be a priority. Together, eating and feeding on the Word of God. Using that time around the table to pray with our children, to teach them the songs of Zion, to memorize God's word together, to apply that word. Your children are like olive shoots around the table. Don't give up that time. I know that as they get older, it becomes more and more difficult. But don't give up that, 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 that family time around the table to eat together and to feed on God's word together. Of course, children, this, this, this addresses you as well. You're the olive shoots. We think about, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up, kids? Do you think, oh, I want to be be rich, and I want to be powerful, and I want to be famous? Or do we think, you know what? I want to grow up to serve others. I want to to grow up to be able to give to others. I want to be, be humble before others. 
What do we set our sights on as children? Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. When we conform to God's ways, there is blessing. There is the experience of blessing when as husbands, as wives, as parents, as children, we listen to the Word of God and we apply the Word of God. And that blessing then, that blessing we experience in the home, overflows to the life of the church. Look at verse 5. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. When we experience blessing in the home, it overflows to the church because now we have the freedom to serve in a broader ministry. If we are in our homes always uh, arguing, always fighting, always dealing with conflicts, there's simply no time to serve anyone else. When we conform ourselves to God's ways and we see that blessing coming into our homes, now we have opportunity to minister to others, uh, to serve in the church, to serve even as office bearers in the church as we uh, experienced this morning. One of the qualifications for office bearers is that he orders his family well. He orders his family well, that he might have time to serve in the family of God. That peace in our home spills over to the, our work in the church, and it spills over in our witness to the world. For some, perhaps our family will be the witness that God uses to reach others with the gospel. Now, we all confess we are fallen, we are sinful, our families are not perfect, but God is at work in us. His Spirit is at work in us. We are beginning to experience those blessings, and even the world notices a well-run, well-ordered family and says there's something going on there. There's something happening there, and if it is our neighbors, it might open the conversation as to why it is we live like we do. And then we don't say, well, we're such great parents, or we have such great kids. We say, because we're seeking to honor God. And it becomes an entrance point for sharing the truth of the gospel. Remember, we began with what's most important first is that they know the Lord, and then secondarily, that they experience blessing in their family. You will see, may you see your children's children, peace be upon Israel. The psalmist reminds us he is confident in God's faithfulness. He is confident that not only our children will remain with the Lord, but our children's children will be faithful to him. We know that the church is Christ's church, and yet he uses, he uses men in the offices of the church to rule and to minister. It is our sons who in the next 20 to 30 years will be the office bearers of this church. It is the children sitting next to you now that God may call into the offices of the church. Are we praying now that those children would be given the gift of leadership, that our sons might be leaders and able to lead in the church? Are we teaching them now the importance of the office bearers, what the elders do for us, what the deacons do for us? Are we teaching our children 
most fundamentally, the importance of worship on the Lord's Day. Taking our children here and then helping them be engaged in the worship service, not just you know, giving them a, a, a crayon and a paper and, and let them do their own thing, but helping them, teaching them the songs that we sing over and over, helping them to be engaged in the worship with God's people, taking them to worship in the morning, taking them to worship in the evening. I've heard parents tell me that our, our kids are little, they really don't get anything out of the, of the service, they don't, um, they don't get anything else, so why would we come twice on the Lord's Day? If they get nothing else out of it, what our children get is a habit, a pattern, a practice that when the elders call us to worship, when Christ calls us through the eldership, we respond. And we come to church. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Reverend Bukestein, when he preached for us, talked about um, a question that had no meaning in his family, and that resonated with me. There was a question in our family that had no meaning at all as we were growing up. And that question was, are we going to church tonight? That question had no meaning. The elders are calling us. Christ is inviting us to an audience with a holy God. Are we going? Of course we're going to be there. When God calls, we will respond. Are we teaching our children that truth? That whenever God calls us through the office bearers, we are to joyfully respond to that great privilege. God's blessing overflows and affects the life of the church. It affects our children now as we are training them that, that he may call them to be office bearers in his church. The psalmist finishes, peace be upon Israel. When we commit to even in our frailty, living, ordering ourselves according to God's ways, it is the path of peace within the home. It is the path of peace in the church. It is the path of experiencing the blessing of God. This is a beautiful psalm, a wonderful psalm to read, a very difficult psalm to practice. And so this morning, perhaps we are called as husbands, as wives, as parents, as children, perhaps we are called to ask God for forgiveness that we have not lived according to his standards. We have not done what he has called us to do. But along with that forgiveness comes the prayer, help us, strengthen us, make us able to live in our homes in a way that will be pleasing to you. For that is the path of blessing for the home and spills over to blessing in the church, that peace may be upon Israel. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we thank you for your institution of the family. You yourself have ordered how things are to go in our homes. Forgive us, O oh God, when we think we know better than you or know more than you. Help us as husbands and as wives 
Help us as parents and as children. Help us, O God, to honor you with the things that we say and the things that we do, that we might, by your grace, experience your blessing, and the church as well be blessed. Hear our prayer, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.